Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. This episode is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped Merch Store. Uh, use coupon code PODCASTS to get 20% off your next purchase at store.untapped.com. And I'm Harrison. Pumpkins! So at minimum, pumpkins have become their own food group beyond just the gourd itself. They've kind of found their way into everything. And the other extreme is that they've kind of become a way of life. You know, as much as I try to deny it, I am knee deep in that pumpkin patch lifestyle right now. I'm loving it, John. Uh, This year, the early pumpkin favorites for me have been some pumpkin Cinnabons that I've been sagging from Trader Joe's. They were through like whatever carton number three or four already part of any balanced breakfast um and then uh <laughs> a close second though is pumpkin pasta followed by pumpkin toothpaste just kidding there is no such thing as pumpkin pasta yeah uh, but you know all right all those pumpkin things though really just training me my palate my brain to kind of enjoy the pumpkin king of edible pumpkin things pumpkin beer and we have one of the most well-known ones in the country with us today. It's one that I've loved, loved since the first time I ever had it. It's got a great history behind it. Um, so with that, John, what are we pouring into our gourds this evening? We've got uh, a banger on the show, mm. as my nephew would phrase it. Sounds right. Yeah, it's Dogfish Head's Pumpkin Ale. Um, so this, the second most checked-in pumpkin beer on Untapped. Um, and we ran a poll earlier in the season to kind of ask people which pumpkin beer uh, would you like us to do this year in October. And pumpkin is the winner. Most checked in pumpkin beer, perhaps the barometer for pumpkin beer worldwide. But Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale uh, came in second place in so many, in so many different varieties, uh, including the poll that we ran. That's what we're drinking today. It's a 7% pumpkin or yam beer as it's listed on Untapped. They do publish 28 IBUs, which is entirely palatable. You won't find much yeah. bitterness in there. And from Dogfish Head, they give us a little kind of preview, a full-bodied brown ale, which is really nice to see in a pumpkin beer, in my opinion, with smooth hints of pumpkin, brown sugar, and so they brew pumpkin ale with real pumpkin meat, brown sugar, and spices. One, kind of weird, but I'm aware that pumpkin meat is an actual term. Moving on. As the season cools, this becomes the perfect beer to warm up with, says Dogfish Head. Harrison, I see you're already cracked it open and working uh, on a glass. What do you think? First sips. First sips is, yeah, that's the the that's the... That's an immediate impression. <laughs> all the training, all those Cinnabons are paying off. My palate is acutely ato- ready to absorb this. But really, um, the I love this beer. And the fact that it's a brown ale it is like the game-changing bit of it that maybe gets a little too overlooked about it. That Like a, a common complaint of pumpkin beers is they're too sweet, but they kind of the body that this provides, the roastedness of the malts, comes with the brown ale, it stands, it kind of stands up against that sweetness. So first sips are right. The nose is amazing. It's all allspice and cloves and stuff. I love the nose. I could just sit and 
kind of live there. And then it's this really good brown ale with like a little bit of that kind of pumpkin spice bite that pops at the end. And it's great. It's exactly what I want. Yeah, but it's it's like a darker pumpkin beer. It's but it's not. It's very it, drinkable. It's 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 great. What about you, John? What do you what are you experiencing over there? You're dead on with the nose, with the aroma of this beer. It smells like you're shopping at a holiday bookstore. Oh, there you I go. Mean, it, it smells. Ooh. It smells like the fall. It smells like September to yeah. me. Um, and when it comes to taste, I said this last year when we reviewed pumpkin beers. I don't think I know what pumpkin tastes like, <laughs> right. but I'm very familiar with like cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, and I, I get it almost layered. Yeah. You, know, you got this kind of, not heavy, but uh, it's a light, it's a brown ale, but it's got some heft to it. And then as, I, as it kind of flows across my tongue and into happiness, it just in that order, like I get cinnamon yeah. and I get a little bit kind of that elevated I don't know, fruitiness of nutmeg. Yeah. Um, and then allspice, which to me just tastes like pumpkin pie. And yeah. that's kind of how this beer finishes. Uh, and that's just one step in, right? Oh, right. It's amazing. And I'll tell you what, it's it's been a, I think I missed this beer last season, but so it's been a minute since I've, I've had it. But the nose took me right back to like the first time I had it when their label, labels were still, were still like papery labels and it was just the dogfish and like, the name of the beer and maybe a color. Now it's this awesome kind of collage of wild holiday things. But yeah, I, I, I you know, I've, I've probably enjoyed this beer since like, I don't know, the early two thousands. It's been a, a while, um, you know, since I kind of became aware of it, but it's, yeah, that nose has been the same. It like took me right back. It's very, um, it's, and a lot of them, a lot of these pumpkin beers use the same spices, but this, for whatever reason, maybe it's also the brown ale behind it. Um, it's, it's so identifiable as I know I could be, you know, on a desert Island for 10 years and come back to s- s- civilization. And the first thing you, s- I smell in the dark is this, and I'll be like, that's dogfish heads, pumpkin ale. No question. This beer's got some legs. The, when, when it was first being brewed, the Buffalo bills were losing their last Super Bowl. Um, so that's uh, how, that's how old this is. <laughs> um, but perhaps again this year. Um, <laughs> they're looking good I've got a, a, a oh. I don't know I think this beer has an awesome origin story I'll share uh, in a little bit but yeah um, keeping true with this new tradition uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, BJCP's guide to pumpkin beers which in this case actually refers to this as an autumn seasonal beer um, which can include a pumpkin beer and so it's listed as 30B in uh, the style guideline, if you're playing at home, it's an amber to copper spiced beer, and you can often find it with a moderately rich body and a slightly warming finish, basically designed to pair with a fall season uh, or even evoke some kind of Thanksgiving flavors. And so that's the overall designed impression of this beer, which right away tells you this doesn't have the strict guidelines that like an American IPA or an English Brown is going to carry. Right. There's many different interpretations that a BJCP judge can look for in this beer and still judge it as if it's an autumn seasonal beer, uh, a pumpkin beer included. Uh, A couple commercial examples include this dogfish head pumpkin ale, 
um, Southern Tears Pumpkin, um, Southampton's yeah, Pumpkin Ale. That's a great listed. one. Yeah. I, I figured that perk Harrison up yeah. a little bit. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different. I mean, you can find toasty caramel biscuit malt nuts molasses honey brown sugar you can find these on a dessert table at a good thanksgiving um and all of those are acceptable in this beer absolutely the one require the one requirement that's how you say it is (laughs) spice so it must include spice you can do just allspice or a mixture of cinnamon, cloves, ginger. Uh, any combination is possible. And what I like about the guidelines for this beer is that creativity is actually encouraged. They encourage you to use adjuncts like molasses, brown sugar, honey, maple syrup, uh, and a gourd like a squash or a pumpkin most frequently yes. used. There's one, I think, one thing I found that was kind of cool is that if you enter this beer to be judged, you must specify a base style. So in this case, we're drinking a brown ale and it doesn't have to necessarily conform to a classic base style, but then you also have to specify your ingredients, spices, herbs, vegetables, and how they were used. Uh, example, pumpkin pie spice or whole pumpkin pies. Yeah. Um, and that'll right. be used to, to kind of judge the beer that you submit. So, in a, a TLDR would be that pumpkin beers are one of the many variants you could find in the autumn seasonal beer category, yep. but it's one of the categories that really encourages like throw the whole sink in there, throw the whole Thanksgiving dessert table in there, make it taste good. Right. Yeah. And yeah, two points uh, uh, to build on that, John, one was last season we did, yeah, it, it's a big category. So I think we did like a blonde ale that was a pumpkin beer and also a porter that was a pumpkin beer. Yep. So you can talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. So in this sense, a brown ale kind of landing in the middle a little bit there. So yeah, lots to play with, lots of fun stuff to do. But the big recommendation is we kind of, I feel like I relearn this every year is get it early. Everyone complains about them showing up in August and then they're gone by the middle of September and you really want them on Thanksgiving. So if you see a six pack next time you're in the grocery store, wherever you shop, pop it in your cart because you're going to want it, you know, in a month or so, uh, if not before then. Yeah, um, it's already halfway through October. Right, if you exactly. find a pumpkin beer, get it. Get it. Get it now because you're going to, yeah, you're going to, I know I am going to want this thing kind of as I, you know, watch my football team into just kind of failing horribly on Thanksgiving Day, <laughs> rejoice with some some pumpkin magic and a turkey sandwich and a turkey sandwich. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and I'll be right in that moment with the world, but, uh, but yeah, love this style. This is a blast. What's next. What are we doing now? Something kind of crazy. It looks like, I mean, we're halfway to Halloween, <laughs> right? We are absolutely. So I know we were talking about, well, I know you were talking about eating your kids. Don't listen to the show. Do they? Um, talking about maybe borrowing some Halloween candy from them. That's right. Exercising your parental duties and making sure that the candy is in fact an almond joy when it's labeled as an almond joy. Um, so what about, we've seen in the past, you know, people do like girl scout and beer pairings. Let's talk about for a little bit, uh, your Halloween candy or candy bar. If we keep it a little more specific, uh, pairings. Uh, what would you, you know, what beer would you drink with those fun size minis? Right. Or the king size, if you know which houses to go to, um, which just comes from experience. 
so the first one I have lined up is is one that a uh, candy bar near and dear to my heart it was probably my favorite candy bar as a kid, the Milky Way. So pretty classic. Um, and uh, you know, for this beer or for this candy bar, rather, I, I think it would stack up nicely and work nicely with like a Baltic Porter. So maybe like a a beer that already favors kind of those chocolatey notes, but it's maybe a little bit higher in alcohol and can be higher in, in IBUs too to help kind of cut through all the caramel and chocolate magic that's happening inside a Milky Way. I see that kind of working well together. And a pro tip, if you don't do it already, with your Milky Ways, drop those guys in the freezer for a little before you eat them. What I used to do is just bite like the top of the candy bar off, exposing the caramel, and then kind of like a vampire, remove the caramel, and then eat the, like to kind of deconstruct it all like a psychopath uh, as a child. So that was, uh, it was fun. Then the freezer made that happen. A melty candy bar would just fall apart. But a little bit of technology and, and the magic of ice, uh, you too can kind of decapitate a milky way while you enjoy a baltic porter so um anyway that that's what i started with i couldn't i couldn't not being the kind of candy bar of my youth the good old reliable milky way but john what did you what kind of came to mind first for you when we were walking down this sugary road yeah first first thing i'm grabbing out of anyone's halloween bag is a kit kat (laughs) but before just a real quick question is a milky way just a Snickers without the nuts. That's right. That's that's one for the ages. You know, I think we're getting down to ratios and proportions here because the nuts obviously have to displace space that could have been maybe filled with more chocolate or more caramel. And that that's what, to me, makes the Milky Way is the ratios of caramel to chocolate to kind of chewy, chewy goodness. But in essence, I think you might be right, John. And it's interesting. I'm one of those guys where, you know, give me a bag of nuts. I'll eat them all day. Give me a candy bar. I'll also eat them all day. (laughs) But give me a candy bar with nuts. Until recently, that was kind of a no-no for me. As a child, it was like, nuts are healthy. Get them out of my candy bars. Here, enjoy. Little brother, enjoy these Snickers. Give me your Milky Ways. (laughs) And, you know, I'm sure he has, you know, whatever a better whatever nuts give you cholesterol levels resistance yeah probably higher okay (laughs) but yeah you're probably right john you're probably right uh, well i appreciate your uh your uh (laughs) aficionado your there's a better word than that but uh your really detailed look something and so for me, I chose for my first one at Kit Kat. It's it's probably Ooh. the candy bar I've consumed most of throughout my life. Yeah. And what pairs well with it? Everything. Marriage, a bad day at work. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh man, for a Kit Kat, right? So all candy bars generally have chocolate. Is is a is a main component. Sure. So I think I'm I'm inclined to think dark beers and stuff, and that makes perfect sense. But for a Kit Kat, I'm thinking like uh, a slightly bitter, maybe a Czech Pilsner, or um, right. Maybe I could I could go as much flavor as an Oktoberfest, but I'm really thinking really clean and crisp beer because I want to enjoy every bit of that Kit Kat. Yeah. And then I want to I want to like jump and have a sip of like a, a really like very pure 
German 300-year-old beer that I drink and then mm. go right back to my Kit Kat. I don't want anything to interfere with the right. flavor of those flaky layers of deliciousness. Yes. Maybe like an alt beer or something, something that could yeah darker, yeah. could dance around a bit, but it's not going to take away from right the lightness of the, the waferness. That's, ooh. The beauty is exciting. that every beer is a good pairing, but um, right. I don't know. I Maybe a, no, not a seltzer. Um, but I want something. <laughs> I want something that doesn't bring much to the table other than bubbly refreshingness. Mm, um, so I, I'm failing to answer that specifically. But if you ask me what beer style, it would probably be a light lager. Yeah. Um, you know, something readily available that's not going to interfere with my Kit Kat. Um, sorry, Harrison. <laughs> uh, what what other candy bars you got on your mind? <sighs> yeah. So next up for me, I kind of just went back to you know the 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 Halloween bag of my youth, and as a end of the night, lay it all out. What are you eating first? First Milky Way. Then for me, it was always the Three Musketeer, and then and if I recall correctly, that got a lot of heat from my peers as a child. Kind of like ah. Uh, the Three Musketeer bar, that's just nougat. That's nothing. No, nothing. That's like saying that's just Friday or that's that's just Christmas Eve. <laughs> nougat. Nougat is amazing. Nougat is what, as a person who's now more conscious of how much his weight line changes every time I enjoy a milkshake, nougat's what you want because it's like it's airy. So like the same, it like fills up a large space. So like you're eating a lot of chocolatey stuff, but in reality, a lot of it's air. So. You kind of helping yourself out there when enjoying some nougat, at least helping your waistline out. As a kid, I didn't care about that. It kind of tasted like a pillow of chocolate, um, and yep. that was exciting uh, for obvious reasons. So that being said, kind of knowing the nature of nougat and how it's a little bit it's it's puffy, but surrounded by m- milk chocolate in this case. You're dealing with a lot of chocolate kind of flavors there. I thought a black IPA would work well with a Three Musketeer bar. And that, like the hops itself, so the roastiness that can come through from black IPA would maybe pull out or help accentuate some of those, um, some of those darker chocolatey flavors of the Musketeer bar. But the hops could kind of help cut through the milk chocolate and like the nougat as you kind of keep just throwing three Musketeers in in your mouth. Need some relief for your palate, uh, and then you know on the flip side, right as you are, then get start getting palate fatigue from all the nougat. The hops in the black IPA can help kind of wash that all away. So it's a black IPA and three musketeers is, is a recipe for, you know, a hundred three musketeer bars and, you know, 20 black IPAs. That may be dangerous. It may have created like the fall of mankind in one simple, silly pairing. So tread carefully. But for me, that one seemed like like a nice, a nice, you know, uh, complimentary, I guess, experience that, um, that I, I really want to, try now i need to get my hands on a uh, you know three musketeer bar let's see if there are any left but that's kind of that was where I, my mind went there john and i i, I kind of want a black ipa now <laughs> um who j- lord hobo just got to north carolina you think that's we could right. score some of their doom sauce pretty quick i think i know a guy i think we can make that happen perfect um all right what's and next? i also want a three musketeers okay yeah. so this yeah. is this is dangerous um let's mix it up a candy bar, if you'll if you'll grant me a little oh, bit of wiggle go. room. Hmm. Sour Patch Kids. Oh my goodness! 
they show up in your Halloween bag, at least. You know they do. No one really chases them, but there comes a point in your life where you love Sour Patch Kids. Sure. And if you look in our Facebook group or you follow Craft Beer on Instagram, you've probably seen a couple varieties of Sour Patch Kid fruited Berliners. Greg Avola, yes. Untapped founder, just was posting some right. beautiful photos with one a, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And so... Sour Patch Kids are kind of like the candy version of a, of a fruited Berliner. They're sure. a little fruity, a little sour. They're amazing. Love it. They don't have chocolate, so you're still going to need a candy bar afterwards like to finish dessert. <laughs> but, um, but for me, I think for Sour Patch Kids, those are my seltzer beer. Or you know what? Those, is Zima a beer? Can we say that? And um, I, think, I see where you're going here because that was a big thing, right? In the past with Zima was a little bit of yep. Sour Patch Kid action in there. Before I was old enough to drink, I remember Zima and Gummy Bears and Zima and Sour Patch and Zima and Jolly Ranchers. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I want to try stuffing a whole bunch of Sour Patch kids in my mouth and then drinking a seltzer and seeing what happens. Um, I'm up for it. If anybody's doing it at home, send in a photo, send in a video. video let us know, please. John, you shouldn't do that. Or right. Fuck your blood you, sugar while you do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's get yeah. a new high score. What does that mean? Did I break it? Um, um, let's do one more, Harry. What's your, what's your favorite Halloween grab? Or I don't know. First one you think of here. Yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned, Milky Way through Musketeers kind of battled out as a kid for my favorite, um, favorite, candy bars always shunning the kind of peanut lace snickers and how ironic now as an adult i prefer the crushed peanutty creamy goodness that is inside every reese's peanut butter cups that's what i'm kind of going to finish up with today uh reese's cups reese's peanut butter cups they're amazing and for this i didn't want to overthink it um, I know I'm leaning heavily towards the darker beers, all these chocolate candy bars. Oh, well, but pumpkin porter. So um, much like, you know, or I mean, the beer having tonight would be great, too. But kind of a darker pumpkin beer um, to just kind of ride that layer flavor train of chocolate and peanut butter from the candy and then chocolate and pumpkin from the beer and just let that all happen and. Again, not try to worry about what's overpowering and is it too much chocolate. And I'm just going to throw that all out the window, throw two Reese's cups in my face at once, take a huge swig of some pumpkin porter or another swig of, of Doc Bichette's pumpkin ale and, and just kind of enjoy what happens next. I think that's a recipe for something great. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm not the first person to kind of stumble upon that treasure chest, but it's it's one that I could see being, once again, too excited. Much like the Three Musketeers and the Black IPA, there's just no end in sight. You're in a corner drinking beers, eating candy, and have a lot of questions to answer from people that care about you. But that's fine. That's for tomorrow morning. You do you tonight. It's a holiday. Um, <laughs> just live your life. <laughs> it's October 14th. but uh, Almost, right. Almost a holiday. Uh, right. Uh, you know, right. Every day is a holiday now, isn't it? It's probably like national do whatever you want day, um, or something. Uh, but that was, that was one that got me excited. Um, and, uh, and yeah, uh, I'd love to hear from you guys too, if you're doing any of this stuff, but John has one more, I think to finish this off, which is going to get me, I'm sure just hungry as I already am for candy and more beer. But John, what was your kind of final thought as you ran through this to cap it all off candy and beer? 
it's the grown-up candy bar, right? It's sophisticated. Mm. It's okay. a Manhattan candy bar, but it's wow. not Fifth Avenue. Oh, okay. Fair um, enough. It's the Almond Joy. Ah, yes. Right? Coconuts are practically a vegetable. It's almost health Correct. food. Correct. Um, it's got almonds in it, which are actually healthy, and coconut, <laughs> which is sometimes in sure it shampoo. Right. Um, so it's, it's basically health food, but it's become such an amazing, just saying Almond Joy. Yeah. Um, you smile. And it's, so it's, it's chocolate and coconut and a little bit of almond. I guess maybe I would be all right with a Mounds bar as well. Sure. Um, but I don't know. Almond Joy is where I go. And that for me is, it's also a beautiful stout. It's, I mean, I want to, I want a uh, minimum 10% threshold yeah. on whatever stout I'm drinking with this Almond Joy. I love chocolate and coconut. Uh, Boulevard oh. did for a while, they were doing their X or uh, Smokestack series. Yes. And they did a chocolate coconut stout. And I wish I Ooh. still had more of it. Um, there's a brewery out in Houston, Texas, Buffalo Bayou. They cleverly, circumvent any sort of maybe C and D um, you know, you can't do that type of laws by making a beer called joyful almond. And <laughs> I love them for doing that. And it is exactly what you think it would be. So almond joy and a glass of room temperature, 15% mm, stout. Yeah. Hopefully with some coconut in there. Oh, wow. That's Halloween for me. That's it. That's good night. That's I'll see. I'll, I'll take a nap during this commercial and I'll see you tomorrow morning. That sounds fantastic. Oh yeah, John, I'm digging it, man. What, what a cool, right now I'm just hungry and excited and sorry, you know, it's, it's good. It, those are what I normally feel most nights, but, uh, but now I have kind of a little bit, a couple experiments to look forward to is yeah, soon I'm sure an influx of candy and beer will be entering this house. And now I have kind of some, Right, work-related things I need to do um, and take pictures of, which is all I need to just, yeah, run free with this stuff. So I'm pumped for that. And But as I said before, if you guys are out there, you can tag us, tweet at us, jump in the group, share your photos. If you have some really cool kind of candy bar beer combos, we want to see it. Don't keep that to yourself. If you found something better than, you know, Almond Joys and 15% Stouts, Show us, share it, share it with us all, and uh, and maybe we can uh, try to one up you guys with some bourbon barrel aged, whatever, in a Werther's original. I don't know. I'm getting okay. ahead of myself. I'm getting crazy. Werthers are good. Um, <laughs> so I, I I do want to take a second and just kind of uh, like recognize Dogfish Head's Pumpkin Ale mm. for it's got over three hundred and twenty five thousand check ins on Untapped. Um, wow. And then there's vintages, you know, you can check in sure. this year's 2020s and you can tell by the cool label. Um, so this beer does well on untapped, but my favorite, one of the stories I heard early on uh, when I was a beer buyer was how this beer and by proxy dogfish head came about. I yeah. made reference to the fact they were brewing this when the bills were in the Super Bowl last time. <laughs> right. um, and that was you're old enough to drink if you were born after that. Um, so <laughs> Delaware does this cool contest every year called the pumpkin chunkin, which is a militaristic 
approach to building pumpkin catapults. There's yeah. like hydraulic powered ones. There's trebuchets. There's like yeah. they have rules on what pumpkins you can use. It's Amazing. if you haven't Google it, right? Have you ever been to it, Harrison? I've never been, but I watched right the kind of I think it was Discovery Channel did a crazy kind of series or episode on it, and it's I have seen that though. I've been to a corn maze in New England with their own trebuchet pumpkins, and I have fired it before. Fired one myself into into a field, and on the other side of the field was like a busy road. Um, so luckily, someone got out there and figured out how far they could actually go. Didn't get to the road, so everything was fine. But definitely in the back of my mind was, you know, that's who's, how does that, is that your insurance, my insurance? What happens? What happens yeah, I'm just walking away. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably in the safety of insurance and, and, and some kind of leading lines, yep. um, the pumpkin chunkins happen for, it's a, it, I don't know the origin stories of it in Delaware, but it's amazing. Like YouTube it. Um, and yeah. see the work that goes into these pumpkin flinging devices. And Dogfish Head, before they were even open, before they were even a brewery yeah. you would know about, they submitted this pumpkin ale to the pumpkin chunkin kind of contest. Obviously, there's more than just throwing pumpkins, you know, it's yeah. 400 yards down the road. Right. And they won first prize. It was a great kind of inauguration for them. And they brewed it every year since then. Uh, generally you'll find it early in September. If you do find it, my advice would be to grab some of it if, as long as you're not averse to pumpkins because it's, it's gone You know, by the time the weather really gets cold. But I love that story. I think Dogfish Head's an, an amazing brewery with a really cool story um, and a really cool rap video. If you know Sam Caligione yes. is the founder of Dogfish Head and you Google him enough uh, or look on YouTube, you'll see him drinking beer and rapping with Mac Miller, who is amazing. Um, and, and, and spitting some bars himself. <laughs> right. He was in his own band, the pain relievers with the Brian, the head brewer at Dogfish Head. So they, yeah, Sam's a talented guy, super cool dude. I'm sure you all assume if you never met him, I've had a chance to a couple of times. He's, and he's been great every time we've, we've crossed paths. Um, so yeah. And obviously, uh, really, yeah, we'll, have, I mean, yeah. we'll have him on. He'll be, uh, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll be with us on the 10th anniversary special coming up in what, 10 days or so. Right. That's night, right. right. Oh my gosh. Time. What is, what does it mean? Um, uh, that's, that's pretty wild, but you're right. Yeah. So, uh, you had a chance to kind of hear from the man himself in just, uh, just two weeks time. But, um, before we finish up, I thought I definitely wanted to grab a couple or one really exciting thing that I saw, um, from the Facebook group for our, our updates this week. Uh, last year, John and I posted a recipe for a pumpkin beer that you could uh, brew and then ferment in a pumpkin, in an actual pumpkin. That's right. We called it Out of Our Gourds. That was the recipe name. And yes. somebody did it. So not just anybody. So Eric Gleed, he actually posted uh, a, a photo of his beer fermenting away in the Drinking Socially Facebook group which was, I woke up to that, I think, one day and was like, this is amazing. It's been a year in the making for, you know, to get some feedback from this. So really cool that Eric came across it, brewed it up, did it himself. Um, so Eric, you know, please, by now, I'm sure it's probably almost ready to be consumed. So love to get some updates. Hit us up. Post it in the group if you haven't since uh, 
since adding your first post there. So love to see kind of how it's moving along. And if you guys are interested as well in trying that yourself, um, great. We'll put the recipe again in the show notes for this show for Out of Our Gourds. And you don't need a pumpkin if you're just like an amateur homebrewer or a really experienced one. You can make this beer uh, and just add sugar pumpkin to it, uh, just like Dogfish it does. And actually the pumpkin meat to the beer and ferment it in, you know, whatever bucket or carboy or other vessel you like to use. But if you're feeling a little wild this year, um, pumpkin in a pumpkin itself, quick pro tip, something cool to try is actually, if you have like a, a, a settle, like a, a torch or an open flame that you trust to kind of roast the inside of that pumpkin first before you knock the beer out into it, it can add kind of a roasted pumpkin flavor to it as opposed to more of like a raw, uh, uncooked pumpkin so so never again, trust an open flame right yeah good good john i'm glad someone said it but um <laughs> but uh but yeah there's always ways to iterate that's one of them but eric yeah so cool you did that i'm really excited to see uh see the results and uh and yeah see if anyone else uh, kind of takes it upon themselves too to to just knock out into a pumpkin it's uh it's and pretty we've, wild we've got check out if you're listening to this show Scroll down, look through the notes. There's going to be a link in there to Harrison's recipe for out of our gourds. Um, and we, you know, obviously love to see what you guys do with that. Um, especially those of you that are in the Facebook group that are home brewers. Uh, yeah. Closing out this episode, Harrison, one thing I didn't get to really ask your opinion on, but I think mm. it's it's getting there, right? It's It's 2020. Pumpkin beers aren't quite as brand new as they used to be. But I see a lot of memes and discussions about cinnamon and sugar rims, rim jobs. Ah, sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> on on your beer glass when you're drinking a pumpkin beer. In in a sentence or two, what's your feeling on cinnamon and sugar rims? I'll give you a. a I'll give. I love them. Right. Hell yes. I think I think they're good. But what do, what do you think? I think, right, it, it's like all things. You do you, live your life. You only get one of them as far as we know. Um, so, yeah, sugar, rim it up with some cinnamon and some molasses or whatever you got. Now's the time of year to do it. Uh, it's it's bulking season, as they say. So a little bit extra Always. sugar, it goes a long way. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not something I'm doing in my home. Because I would just make a mess and probably just stand next to, you know, in the kitchen eating, eating all sugar. The, yeah, let's dip toast just, in right, here. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, the butter fell in. Oh, I, <laughs> now I can drink it. How unfortunate for me. Um, yeah, that would just be a recipe for death. Uh, I don't have that kind of self-control. But if you're out there in the world on a deck somewhere enjoying a pumpkin beer and some cinnamon sugar ends up on that rim, great. Just... Uh, Life has handed you lemonade. No lemons for you today. Enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and don't think about it too much. Just kind of live in that moment. I, I, can, I, can appreciate, <laughs> I can appreciate that all day long. If you sprinkled cinnamon and sugar on my pumpkin pie, I would not object. Oh, sure. Um, I would ask if you had, like, Cool Whip or, or, or a house-made whipped cream. Right. Um, vanilla ice cream. And I'm also, right. <laughs> and a couple of beers, maybe pumpkin ale. Um, Gabfa, Great American Beer Festival this weekend. If you're listening when the show comes out, October 14th, this coming weekend 
is the Great American Beer Festival. And what's unique, cool, different about it this year is that you can attend virtually. So you don't have to take two weeks off and fly out to Denver and pay $400 for a Motel 6. You can enjoy Great American Beer Festival from your home. And I know what you're thinking, John. There's not 10,000 breweries in my home. (laughs) Me either. Um, But... It's pretty cool. It's accessible. I think you can buy a passport or a ticket and watch the event virtually this year. Harrison, are you planning on attending anything or, or, or kind of drinking a beer and watching along yourself? I'm gonna I'm gonna be in on Saturday. Good. Yeah, I'd hope to. It's a lot of fun, um, especially you know being a part of it in the past uh, when working at breweries. It's this will be really cool this year. And a lot of breweries, if you haven't checked it out already, maybe we're local ones doing it are kind of creating like packages of the beers they've submitted for kind of the judgment side of Gabfoot for you to purchase from them. So to kind of drink along with them, kind of pick a pair of breweries, see what they have available in their online store. And if you can, you know, get your hands on it, uh, there is a way to kind of right, have a bit of something, something to enjoy that's uh, either being featured or judged or what have you at that, uh, the actual festival itself this year, which is really, really cool that they're kind of, they're doing that and um, yeah, I'm just making the best out of a situation we're all in. So I'm, I'm going to maybe get my hands on some of that if you know, um, but certainly keep track. I always do look at kind of the results and the winners and all that yep. stuff each year. It's fun to see kind of who is the next brewery we all need to look out for and, and try to get our hands on. And what about last thing for you, Harrison, what about the top hop spot? Usually I get a good uh, tip about the next beer, next yep. six pack I'm going to pick up. Sure. Things to look out for. So we're going to skip that this week. We spent way too much time in candy bar land and that's okay. But next week we'll bring it back and kind of keep moving through all the, the seven seas hops and, uh, and tackle the next one. And along with that next week, uh, it's our last episode before untapped 10th anniversary virtual festival. So we're hoping to get our hands on, um, our, a version of, I remember my first checking on that show or drink it ahead of time share some thoughts about it, maybe share some cool stories and history of our own with Untapped, um, stuff like that to kind of warm us up for what's sure to be a really fun weekend. We have been kind of working along, the whole Untapped team has at making that uh, a blast. So I hope to, you know, here, here with, you know, talk with you next week and then for sure the actual festival itself, um, enjoy the heck out of that day with you guys too. And as a reminder, this show is brought to you by Untapped and the Untapped Store. Uh, use the code PODCAST and save 20% on your next sweet hat or taster glass or whatever cool thing you grab your hands on. That's store.untapped.com and the code is PODCAST. Punch it in and grab something sweet. Other than that, Enjoy your pumpkin beers. The show notes for this show and all of our shows are available at podcast.untapped.com or you can scroll down uh, on whatever podcast player you're using. Uh, Find that link for Harrison's Out of Our Gourds pumpkin beer. Brew it up. Send a picture to us on Twitter at That Beer Podcast. Um, And maybe Harrison will come help you bottle it up. Um, oh, sorry I volunteered you there. But, my own uh, it's fine. Yeah, if you listen to the packaging episode last week, you know that's not his favorite thing to do. <laughs> um, but definitely, uh, we encourage you, interact, send us questions, let us know what you like, you don't like. 
uh, connect directly with Untapped on any of your favorite social medias and tell them that you absolutely love Harrison's heavy metal t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, and other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers. There it is.